Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Undivided, episode number 26, The Cage of Titles. This episode is being brought to you by Audible.com. That's Audible.com, the world's leader in spoken audio, audiobooks, magazines, papers, online periodicals, and speeches. For everything spoken audio, it's Audible.com. That's Audible.com. Go over to Audible.com right now and enter Life Coach Radio Network into the drop-down box to learn about exciting contests and prizes. That's audible.com, the sponsor of our program and all the programs here on the Life Coach Radio Network. And welcome into Undivided. Thank you all for listening near and far. Today is Wednesday, the 18th day of July, the year 2018. We are live here at seven o'clock on the East Coast. I'm in New Jersey. My guest, Alexandra, will join us in a few minutes from Alabama. And I know that I normally don't do this, but I've dedicated one other show in the time of this run. Today would have been Nelson Mandela's 100th birthday. So I dedicate this show here tonight to him. And let's get started. With the weather today and the weather in recent days here in New Jersey, it's been really hot and stifling weather. Today represented a break from that, but in the days leading up to that, there was smothering humidity, very heavy air, and that's similar to what we're going to be talking about tonight with titles or labels of people. Labels can stifle people. Labels, titles diagnoses. They can smother people. They can make them feel as if there's no relief in sight. And the rain that came through yesterday brought relief and comfort. And that's what we're going to focus on tonight, bringing relief and comfort to those who feel stuck in a diagnosis trapped with a label that's followed them around for, let's say, years or decades. And I think it's something that we all can relate to in our own human condition. You know, people have commented to me, friends of mine, in the time leading up to the show that they like the title of the show a lot. And I said I couldn't take credit for it. The uh, title was thought of by my very talented and very intelligent guest, who I'll be bringing up here in a minute. The power of labels can divide people. It can divide people from other people, and they can divide people, the individual, from within. Labeling dates back a long time. Sociologists 
first started formulating theories around labels and societal labeling in the 1960s, came along with the uh, social construction theory and looking more in depth into the role of stigma. If you look at a label and if you look up a definition, some of the definitions of, you know, societal and sociological terms, which we're going to be discussing a lot tonight, it's, it changes a person's self-concept and social identity. And it can, a label, a diagnosis, a loss of some kind, that can make people feel trapped, that can make people unsure of their own identity, their own self-worth, their own purpose. And we're here tonight to connect them to that purpose. A diagnosis and a response to a diagnosis often results in shock or denial, anxiety or depression. It can make people feel like they're trapped in a cage, the cage of titles, hence the name of our episode here tonight. I'm going to read the disclaimer and then I'm going to do one other piece and then I'm going to get Alexandra up. Disclaimer before I forget because I've forgotten in other episodes. The views of this show, this episode, Undivided, episode 26, The Cage of Titles, are not necessarily the views of myself as host, Frank Jamadari, my guest, in this case, Alexander Matheson, or not necessarily the views, and especially not necessarily the views of the Life Coach Radio Network. So now that I've moved beyond the disclaimer and I remember to do it before the end of the show, like that other time when there was like 10 minutes left, uh, labels can be hurtful. They can be disabling. They can be divisive. And now that I've read the disclaimer, think of some of these labels that really disempower people. He is a widower. They have cancer. He or she's an alcoholic, a drug addict, or a drug abuser. They have quote-unquote mental issues. She's a religious fanatic. They're holy rollers. It could be a, a label around someone's sexual orientation. So-and-so is dumb. So-and-so is poor. They're unemployed. He's disabled. She's divorced. The wife left him. He's a criminal. Think of those labels and those titles and how hurtful and disabling they are. Well, we're going to show you that moving forward is possible healing is possible, and love and acceptance can prevail. My special guest for this episode is Alexandra Maffitt. Alexandra is a northern-born, southern-raised woman living in Auburn, Alabama, with her husband and her two fur children, as she likes to call them. She spent most of her life battling a terrible eating disorder and made it to the other side. After overcoming her disorder, she knew that she was being called to help others she went on to receive her certified professional coaching license and has since opened her own coaching practice. She specializes in helping women break free from self-doubt so they can live up to their God-given purpose and potential. And I'm blessed to have her on this show. The listeners will be blessed to have her as well. I'm going to get her up now. Alexandra, welcome to Undivided. Hello. Hello. Welcome to the show. I'm excited to be here. Can you hear me okay? Yes, I can. Likewise, can you hear me? I can hear you. 
Okay, yes, I will remind you there is a slight delay, uh, but the, hearing each other is important when doing a radio show, as I've told other guests as well. Uh, <laughs> so we're going to answer the <laughs> – it really is, it's, uh, you know, priority number one. We're going to answer yeah, the I segment think, of the show called The Divide. It is, you think? Um, <laughs> and, and the first segment of the show is called The Divide. Um, and, you know, as I mentioned in the intro of the show – these titles, these labels that we can give to people, they're very powerful in, a, in an often negative way. It, it changes a person's self-concept. It changes their own identity, their, their own social identity, excuse me. Mm-hmm. What do you think takes place within the individual from your experience, from a mental standpoint, an emotional or physical standpoint, that gives a title, whether it's a diagnosis, a loss, or a label such as the ones I rattled off in the open, such a profound impact? Well, I think there, there's a few things. Um, from my own personal experience, I think the label doesn't really, at first, show up as something that's so profound. So, you know, we hear a label and we think of it as, oh, okay, well, that's just a, a word, right? It's just something you say. It can't have influence in somebody's life. But when you get labeled something or you hear something as your definition for so long, it's almost like you can't help but take it on as your own. So I think that the the profound impact is that, you know, you hear it, you think it's just a word, so you keep repeating it. And when you're repeating it, you're ingraining it in who you are even more, so that way you take it on as that is all you are. Yes, it becomes like your identity, and it becomes something that, you know, you, I think, and we've all done it at certain points in our lives, you know, we think of ourselves as that label, and society likes to put people in categories and into boxes, as my wife with a social work background would call them, you know, we want to put mm-hmm. you in this box, and you in this box, and that means that, you know, you're confined to here, and this is how we want to think of people. When I talk to people about career transition that comes up, I, I will often tell people that are newly out of college or about to graduate, be very careful about your first choice of job, especially if you're not sure what you're going to do, because you could get labeled as that. You could be labeled as, oh, exactly. that person's a salesperson. That person's, mm-hmm. a, you know, a social worker. Well, they may not want to be their whole life. Be very careful about you know, what your first move is, you know, they're in customer service and then we're just going to leave them there. And and that's what you have experience in. So, you know, that's it. You have to be very careful that that doesn't take on another persona and uh, especially with career and with other things societally. Um, Exactly. Why do you think society does label people or title people, or as I said, put them in categories or boxes why do you think society does that? What do we do and why do we do that based on any type of a life-altering event or some kind of decision that we make? Well, I think we do that for, you know, we want to be able to understand things. So like you said, your wife says, you know, putting in a box so that way you can understand it. Because when we understand things, we feel more secure with them. We also do it because we have this mentality of, you know, wanting to understand people and also wanting to understand categories of people. So for an example, I think examples help kind of bring it down to earth. Um, I, I think that I have a coach friend that um, I talked to on a recent event, and she says that she's already noticing that 
the 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 um, shade of her children's skin is making a difference in her life. And it's just crazy to think about the impact of a shade of skin because somebody said that makes them different, right? So they're 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 labeling that title of skin as something certain or as some sort of thing. So that means that person is blank, right? And so I think the same thing happens, you know, in my circumstance, it was a mental illness. And I think that we don't talk about mental illness. You know, if you put this label mental illness on something, society has a way of saying, okay, well, that's a taboo topic. So we're going to put that over there because that way we can understand it. We don't want to go into what a mental illness means. We don't want to go into you know, what that person's going through. So we'll just label it and put it over here. That way we can move forward. And so I think it's just society's way of standing something and simplifying something. And that way it's a little bit more tangible. Exactly. And we've done, um, on this show, uh, uh, we've handled uh, mental illness, and I couldn't agree with you more there. Uh, we did a show, The Stigma of Mental Illness, with Nicholas Perez, who um, was the guest who's a doctorate student in uh, psychology, and that was a really powerful episode and talked a lot about because his subspecialty was suicidology, um, suicidality, excuse me, and uh, we went through a, a number of different aspects of mental illness and how society treats that. The other show that we've done was on suicide itself. And then we've also tackled that at a couple different points along the way and things that, you know, other topics that have come through. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's very important because we don't want to do that as a society, generally speaking. Um, we don't want to put our arms around the problem. We want to keep it, you know, at arm's length or, you know, kind of a, a mile away. Uh, so to speak, and we got a lot of feedback uh, based on on that show, on the mental illness show, and on the uh, show that I did with Paul Garwood on suicide and the uh, suicide mm-hmm. epidemic, uh, which is such an increasing, you know, societal problem in America, and uh, received some really interesting feedback on on both points, and it kind of ties in here. You know, when I mentioned mm-hmm. in the intro, you know, people will say, oh, you know, so-and-so has, you know, mental issues or has problems or is a slow. And you get labeled a slow learner and somebody that, you know, gets put in the back of the classroom and kind of passed along, you know, versus anyone actually taking an interest in caring. So this, those are some components of, you know, some of the societal stigma around labels and like we're talking about categories, which you know are are very powerful and leave people, you know, feeling quite trapped in, um, you know, really not knowing how to navigate that. So that's it. It goes back to your first answer too, and talking about feeling like it becomes ingrained. You know, this this is mm-hmm. who I am, or this is what I am, becomes ingrained in in your everyday life experience and that's um yeah quite a powerful um, thing yeah so sorry i just have to just kind of just came up for me and i think it's really poignant here is i think that we put people you know like you said your wife calls it is you know we put them in a box right so a box is what Mm -hmm. society gives to you so society says this is your box right and then i think what happens to people is, you know, it kind of goes with the title. What happens is we see it as a box, but then the person takes it on and it becomes their cage, right? 
So if you get labeled somebody that struggles with a mental illness or a slower learner or something, then that person takes it on and it becomes them. And then that's when the walls start becoming and it starts locking in like a cage. And so I think that that, if you kind of get that, that idea, that image in your brain, it kind of helps you to understand like society is giving you this little box, you know, kind of giving you the different bricks in the box. But then once you go in and put those bricks together and put the wall up, then it becomes the cage. It does. It's a very, very important point. And, you know, society, as I talk about on the show a lot, wants to keep people divided from each other. And that's one way that they mm-hmm. do it. We're 15 minutes in, believe it or not. We're live here, 715 on the East Coast where I am in New Jersey. Uh, Undivided, episode 26, believe it or not. The Cage of Titles will return in a moment. But first, upcoming show promotion here on the networks. Sisters of the Diaspora, that's Sisters of the Diaspora, Thursday night, July the 19th at 7 p.m. on Life Coach Chat Channel. That's Sisters of the Diaspora, Trina Ramsey and the gals, back at you with a brand new episode Thursday, July 19th. Wow, that's tomorrow at 7 p.m. Eastern on Life Coach Chat Channel. Catholic Charities, 800-919-9338. That's Catholic Charities, 800 919 9338, Give from the Heart, please. www.salvationarmyus.org. That's www.salvationarmyus.org. Enter your zip code to donate in your local area. Or as we have been discussing in the last few shows, an idea my friend gave me, go to your state, enter the most impoverished zip codes, and type those zip codes in to donate to those who are really in desperate need. And we're back here. On Undivided here on the Life Coach Radio Network, episode 26, The Cage of Titles. Frank J. Maduri, your host, Alexandra Maffitt, with us tonight. I'm blessed to have her along. Before we went to the 15-minute stop, we were talking about the cage. When that diagnosis is given or the loss takes place, after the initial stages of the emotions that I mentioned in the open, the, you know, the guilt, the shock, the disbelief, the feeling depressed or anxious. After those initial stages of emotion, the individual affected can be can feel trapped or stuck. Why is that? So I think that's processing. Um, I, that's a heavy question. Uh, it takes a, it brings up a lot. Um, so I think that it's processing. Um, depending on what the diagnosis slash label is. It's also shame, um, regret. Um, I would I would also say denial. You're gonna have a lot of denial in there, um, and then just the wanting to kind of go inside. So maybe that you know escaping type idea, um, running away from it, anything like that. I think that those are a lot of the things that first start, um, and then it, it kind of goes into what you do with those as to how how deep you get within that cage. That's true. That's, um, that's very true. And some people, you know, get so deep that they can't see the light at the end of the tunnel, which we've discussed with other issues on this show in the past. And that's when it gets mm-hmm. very dangerous. Uh, what effect do you think gender has or can have on the reaction or the handling of a diagnosis or a past habit 
or some other kind of limiting belief or label that we've discussed? Wow, that's a great question. Um, So I think gender has a pretty, again, it's going to be different depending on the label, habit, diagnosis, anything it is, it's going to have a different, you know, response. But I really strongly believe, and again, like you mentioned in the very beginning of this, this is just my strong belief and what I've personally seen, is that men are less likely to talk about it. Men are less likely to go and, you know, seek that extra help or, you know, tell a friend about it because there's a lot more of, you know, that shame in there. There's a lot more of I should have been stronger or, you know, men don't talk about their feelings and all that, that kind of idea um, and quote unquote, it's actually pretty much a label. Um, so there's a lot of this, this separation between women are supposed to talk about their feelings, men are not. So I think when a man deals with a diagnosis or something that's going on, they're going to have a lot harder time finding that help and finding that support because of that extra like burden almost on them. Um, for a woman, I think that there's sometimes that a woman starts to talk about something and then it's just going to be, well, you're that crazy B word. I don't cuss. So you get the idea, but you're, you're that crazy mm-hmm. B word. That's not really something, you know, that's not really something you're thinking about. Um, you're just, that's just crazy thoughts, you know, rather than saying, Hey, is that really what's going on for you? you know, what's that really bringing up for you and kind of actually figuring out what's going on with that person rather than just saying, oh, well, you're just being crazy. Forget about it. Um, So I think that those are kind of two different things that can happen for both sexes. Um, I do think that there could be so much that could happen if people would just be open to talking about stuff. Um, We want to keep everything so perfect and pretty and positive, especially especially with the effects of social media, that everything has to be perfect. Um, that no one really wants to talk about stuff. And we're all going through different stuff. We're all going, struggling with different things. And so um, I think if we would just kind of finally just all admit that we're all going through stuff and just bring it up and talking about it and taking the labels away, that it would really offer so much freedom to men and women both. Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, What about race? What, What role do you think race plays in it? Oh, well, that, that is just such a tough, touchy subject as it is, um, and I feel like it always has been and always will be for a bit now until we can just get this out. Um, but I think race definitely does as well. I can, since I am, you know, a white female, I can only ex- talk for myself. But what I can tell from, from my friends that are different races is, again, there is that, you know, almost communal mindset um, that certain races deal with certain things. And if you were in a certain race that might be dealing with a different races thing, that that doesn't happen. Um, or that you're not going to get the help you need because that doesn't happen for that person. Um, so I think that def- definitely race plays a role. It's all in the dividing, you know, like you mentioned before, you know, we want to put labels on things in society, where regardless if it's race, sex, gender, um, sexual orientation, age, weight, anything, everything gets a different label. And so regardless of what the situation is, we're putting it this label on somebody and then that becomes their either their wall or their cage. Yes, you know, when I had, I mentioned before uh, that I had Nicholas Perez on, one of his sub uh, specialties was in Latino, the study of Latino, and obviously mm. he is Latino, um, and how the machismo, you know, the macho man, uh, affects going for treatment or help or handling mental illness. 
And that mm-hmm. was a big component of, well, big component of the early part of that show and the divide segment was how that can affect actually seeking help and dealing with that stigma because they think, well, I'm macho. I'm a, I'm not going to go, you know, to get treatment or to talk to someone about this. And as you said before, you know, that's, that's a male trait too. And mm-hmm. we're going to be having an upcoming uh, show in August with uh, Jenna Poneman is going to come on and we're going to talk about the roles of gender and gender roles in society. So we're going to have a whole show on that because I've, I've gotten some feedback on that. So I'm, again, having to find the right guest. And, and I'm glad that you mentioned that when we, you know, talked about social media, because I've hit that on this show many times that it's stagehand, you know, all that stuff and people don't realize. And a lot of people get depressed because they go on uh, Instagram or they go on Twitter or they go on Facebook and they have friends on on Facebook or Instagram, they see all these great pictures of people doing all this great stuff and they're not doing it and they get depressed. It's all stage and people aren't showing their real problems. They're showing the, these, you know, the best parts of quote unquote them. And it's not real. Mm -hmm. We're not being real with each other. It's all, you know, face value kind of stuff. I have better interactions with people off of social media, you know, face to face. And, And you're right. We have to be more open about this overall, uh, and and for for men, you know, it's this. Oh, you have to be tough, and you have to to suck that up, and you have to move on. And for women, oh, you know, that you're just confabulating something in your head that's not really happening. So all those points are very valid, and they're all used, you know, by society and by people in their social interactions to not really deal with what's really going on in front of of them. Um, mm-hmm. It's almost like a defense mechanism there as well. How should the approach of speaking of men and, and things like that? And I'm glad that you did mention that when we talked about race, because somebody said to me, I meant to mention this a minute ago. Oh, well, you're a you're a straight white dude. What the heck are you going to tell us about <laughs> the, the labels yeah. and titles? <laughs> so I, said, I needed reinforcements here. Uh, yeah. So at least we have both sides of the gender uh, thing going on. I thought you'd laugh at that. Uh, how should yeah. the approach of, you know, men, just put your head down and people say, just put your head down and move on, you know, move forward with it, you know, be dealt with in light of a past habit, a loss, let's say a job loss, a loss of a spouse, a diagnosis, some kind of issue with your, you know, finances. How should that approach of just, you know, put your head down and move on, be dealt with? Well, I think... That's a good question again. Um, I think it should be dealt with by finally just losing, you know, being a generation or being a, a multi-generation of people that will finally just let men talk about what they're going through and actually ask a man. So breaking this idea that men shouldn't struggle with stuff and men shouldn't go through things and that, you know, they should just put, like you said, you know, put their head down and get through it and not even think about it. Um and just bring it up, talking about it, reinforcing the fact that, hey, we're all human. We're all going to go through things, you know, in my belief system. God didn't say only women are going to struggle with stuff and men are never going to have struggles. That's, <laughs> I don't remember reading that anywhere in, in, in the Bible. Um, so I think it's one of those things where we, we start talking about it. You know, I think that's the, the answer to a lot of these things. But also letting people know that they don't have to stay there. Um, one of the main things I, I've seen in, in my practice and in my time with men especially is um, uh, 
again, it's going to kind of do more of an ease order. But this idea that a man has to be very strong and built and in the gym all the time to be a true man. So if you're not really strong and built and, you know, super muscular, then you're not a true man. Um, and you actually see it, you know, in media, um, too. You know, you'll see these shows, The Bachelor and all that. And these are all, you know, usually better built men. And so it's like giving the idea that, okay, well, to be a man, you have to have those things. And if, and if you have those things, great. But here's the thing is those can almost go to another end. But then you get, a, you get the idea or you get the, the title that you're a muscly man. So, well, well, then that defines you then, right? So if you're a muscly man, you need to keep that up because who would you be without that? Um, so I, I think I'm going off on a tangent here, um, but no, I think the fine. biggest thing to, yeah. to deal with, um, to kind of focus on helping men get out of that is the same thing I would actually tell a woman is what are you believing about yourself? And is that really true? Um, you know, so asking me, Hey, so what do you want for your life? You know, just a typical question. What do you want for your life? Oh, okay. So you don't want to be in that place. Oh, you feel stuck by this. Okay. Well then. Let's, what, what do you want to be? Who do you want to be? You know, and just saying, hey, who do you want to be with your life? What do you want from your life? You know, where do you want to go? All that kind of stuff. What do you believe in versus just saying, okay, well, yeah, put your head down and, and, and keep going. Exactly. And, you know, no one can make it on their own. Um, and, and you mm-hmm. brought up a lot of great coaching technique there, too. You know, asking those questions when you speak it and you hear it sometimes, you think, uh, you know, maybe that's not how I want to be identified. Maybe that's not what I actually want. And speaking and writing it and committing to something, a plan to change is a very powerful thing to move beyond, you know, those labels and stigmas. I talked about it in my last show on the 4th of July episode. You know, no one can make it on their own when I was speaking about community, you know, my belief Mm -hmm. system and talking about the cross and talking about, you know, even our Lord had to ask Simon of Cyrene for help. He couldn't carry the burden of the cross alone. You know, mm-hmm. if he can't, how do I expect that I can? You know, exactly. so it's it's very powerful that, you know, this whole thing of let's put your head down, move on and, you know, make it on your own is counter to, you know, my belief system and from what I was taught in school and when I was taught through my religion, also what I was taught when I went through and uh, became a certified coach. So mm-hmm. we're at 7.30, believe it or not, it goes by fast. 7.30 <laughs> in the East, Life Coach Radio Network. I'm Frank J. Maduri. Undivided, episode 26, The Cage of Titles. We'll be back in a moment. We're at our midpoint of the show break. Upcoming show promotions for you. Paul Garwood Show. As I mentioned, Paul joined me on the Suicide Epidemic Show. Paul Garwood Push Through, his series Push Through. Brand new episode Sunday, July 22nd, 8 p.m. Eastern on Life Coach Chat Channel. That's Paul Garwood Push Through. The series is all about people that have overcome some kind of emotional, psychological, mental illness, uh, uh, psychiatric break, some kind of major emotional problem or set of issues in their lives and have pushed through, hence the title of the episodes and the, of the series of the show, and gone through to the other side, so to speak, and they provide a lot of information, a lot of helpful tips from a real grassroots 
life experience perspective. Paul Garwood pushed through really inspiring shows. They air on Sunday nights. You get done with your weekend, come home from the beach, check out the show Sunday, July 22nd, live at 8 p.m. Eastern on the Life Coach chat channel. That is a perfect segue, as I mentioned that, you know, Paul joined me. Uh, it's a perfect segue to some disclaimers and, and public service announcements we have. www.samaritanspurse.org to donate to them. Great organization. Does work in the developing world. On the spot I do every episode, if you or someone that you love is struggling with something, if you are in a label, a cage, if you are feeling trapped, if you have something in your mind that you just can't get around, if you have thoughts of harming yourself or if you know someone that does, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, 800-273-8255. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, that's 800 800- Two seven three eight two five five. You matter. Please call the number. You know, I went with my wife over the Fourth of July, the holiday, to see the Mister Rogers movie. And Mister Rogers will tell you, everyone is unique. Everyone is made in the image and likeness of God. You are unlike anyone else out there. You matter to people. Please call the number if you're feeling anything. I just learned of. Uh, someone that I know, a relative, uh, just uh, committed suicide recently. It's an epidemic. It's every day. It's close to home for me. National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, 800-273-8255. Please know that you are made in the image of God and that God sent his son for you. That he knows everything that you've done, anything bad you've ever done in your life. And he's telling you that I love you, that I don't care what you've done. I love you. So please, please don't harm yourself. Please call the number. Please get help. Food for the Poor, www.foodforthepoor.org, 800-427-9104 to reach that awesome charity that does work in Latin and South America. And we're back here on Undivided, episode 26, The Cage of Titles. I'm going to open the phone lines as we're at 733 on the East Coast. That phone number is 646 716-9397. Again, the phone number is 646-716-9397. Audible.com is our sponsor. Undivided Show, that's undivided, S-H-O-W, at gmail.com is our email address. I've been checking the emails throughout the show. I do often as we are on. So now we're going to bridge into the next segment of our show, which is called Bridging the Divide. We've opened the phone lines. I'll keep track of those and the emails. So if you have a question or comment for Alexandra or myself, if you want to share something, you may not want to call in, you can email us and we'll help you in that way as well. How do we bridge the divide between being stuck in the past, trapped in the cage of titles, and moving forward, allowing yourself to move forward truly and confidently, to embrace your new purpose in life? So I think that there's, it depends on the person. Um, because, so just to kind of tell a little backstory of my own to kind of give some background, um, when I was struggling with my, my eating disorder, I was told by numerous doctors, numerous therapists, numerous treatment centers that this was going to be something I have forever. Um, and that that was pretty much my life sentence. So when you hear that, 
that's kind of what I took on is, okay, well, I'm going to struggle with, I'm going to struggle with this forever. So what's the point in even trying to fully recover? Cause there's no such thing. And I think that same thing happens with, okay, kind of like, let's take one of your examples earlier. You're told at a young age that you are a slow learner and that that's just going to be how you always are. So what's the point in trying to redefine yourself and say, no, I will not be that slow learner. I'm going to redefine myself. I'm going to be a fast learner. I'm going to learn this stuff. I'm smart. If you're always told that. So I think the biggest thing to, that I know of that you can do is to take away that always statement or you're going to have this forever statement. There is nobody that knows what's going to happen in your life forever or what's going to always be your truth. So taking that out of a doctor's mouth, taking that out of a psychologist's mouth, taking that because no one knows your future. And when you tell somebody that you're going to struggle with something forever, or this is who you are forever, or this is your label forever, then you're really com- com- like from confining their life, you know? And so for me, what happened was I finally one day said, after 18 years of struggling with my eating disorder, finally said, wait, what if that isn't my forever? What if I did actually just try, just try to believe that there was something else out there for me or that I could do something different with my life or that I could define recovery for myself. And when I did that, my whole life changed. Um, And so I think helping people to realize, to say, hey, no one defines your forever. No one defines who you are or what the rest of your life is going to look like. Um, another example, um, my mom's example, my mom was told she would never have kids. And I know numerous women that struggle with this or that have been told this, but that they're never going to have kids. So they doctored my oldest sister. Well, then she had three girls. So, again, a doctor told her, well, you'll never have kids. <laughs> and so she could have, you know, she could have gone into despair And I know a lot of women that struggle with like PCOS or, you know, a lot of other um, women type issues that that have been told, well, you're never going to have kids. And so they sit there and they think that they're never have kids and they're sad, you know, and being sad and depressed, as far as I know, does not help your (laughs) help you to have children. Um, So it doesn't help the situation. So just, you know, taking the idea of, I think that never going to happen to you and forever going to be your situation Taking that, those internal words uh, would be huge as a first step, at least. I like how you put that, taking out the always, and so it doesn't become your forever. That was a very powerful yeah, statement. Exactly. And that's, that's very powerful. Um, thank you for bringing that into the, the equation here. Because um, I think yeah, words welcome. are very powerful. And the, mm-hmm. the sentiments around words are very powerful, and the meaning is, is can be very powerful in one way or another, in a positive or, or a detrimental way. Uh, mm-hmm. Allowing yourself to just move forward, like you said, taking that step, saying, what if, you know, as I talked about before, and I've talked about so many times on this program, you know, trust in God. God has a plan for your life. So many people are disconnected you know, from that you know, spiritual component in their lives. And if they had that, they would feel differently. You know, as, as mm-hmm. I discussed with Paul Garwin on the suicide show, you know, if, if people knew God as Abba, they would never kill themselves. You know, if people knew the mm-hmm. love of God for them, they would not allow themselves maybe to get trapped or they would, you know, have a different approach or a different mindset. But sometimes we could get so stuck, we could get so turned around 
that we get lost even from that and we need to be redirected. So that's where a friend, a mentor, a coach, someone can really help, you know, get ourselves redire- redirected, turned around, re-navigated back on the right track. You know, one of those people that says, hey, I've been in the hole. I can help you find your way out. It's very mm-hmm. important stuff. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So thank you for sharing that, you know. Don't allow that. Don't allow the always to become your forever. So how do we not fall victim to these titles, these labels? What a great segue. Uh, and, and embrace real lasting change. I think that as a, a society, let's start there. As a society, what we can do is, like I said a, a second ago, take away that these, these always and forever and never going to happen. Take away those statements because – we don't know the future. We don't know somebody's. We don't know somebody's plan for their life. We don't know what God wrote in their in their book of life. And so, taking we can't put that. We don't have the ability, the strength, the knowledge to put that that word in somebody's life. So, as a society, taking that away and saying, you know, instead maybe switching it forward. Well, right now you're struggling with this, you know, and so right now we got to get through this. Rather than saying, okay, well, you're going to struggle with this now, and then, you know, we got to figure out how you're going to live the rest of your life with it, right? Just taking that out as, hey, what are you dealing with now? And then taking it one day at a time, you know, one day at a time. Okay, well, you're still struggling with it. Okay, we're going to keep working on it this day. We're going to keep working on it this day. And letting them know, okay, you have the power to do something different. God is within you, and you have a power to do something different with your life. So as a society, as a person, as a, as a single human being, what we can continue to do is ask ourselves, what, we do we want, what do we want for our life? You know, what do you really want? We spend so much time in life, you know, going through the motions and running the errands and checking Facebook and going to work and taking the kids somewhere and, you know, doing all the things um, that we never actually sit back and say, well, what do I really want for my life? What do I really want to see happen? Um, I recently did a vision board workshop and I extended the time on it because I wanted to give women, it was, it was just for women, but I wanted to give women the chance to just stop and ask themselves that because we, do ask our, we don't ask ourselves that ever. We don't ask ourselves, hey, you know, it's a great question, but when I die, what do I want to be remembered for? You know, we don't ask ourselves that. And once you ask yourself that, it kind of gives you that idea of, well, you know, do I want to be remembered for what I'm currently doing? If so, great, keep doing it. If not, what do you need to change to, to change that? So kind of asking ourselves that question would be a great, you know, first step into really changing that and breaking out of that cage. You made some great points, and my mother-in-law says that all the time. She says, you know, one day at a time. Sometimes I'll find myself, even with all the training, all the understanding that I have, kind of in a what you and I would term like a level one type of state and mm-hmm. Um, you know, energy leadership and and feeling, you know, just really kind of down and kind of complaining about, you know, what's going on in my life and I kind of lose the perspective of how fortunate that I am. And, you know, but she'll just tell me, you know, one day at a time. And, and that's really good advice. And you know, my grandfather, rest in peace, would tell you this too shall pass. I heard it recently at a eulogy at a uh, funeral that I was at, you know, and it's true, you know, the, I, I mentioned that when I eulogized my grandfather, you know, he used to say that all the time, this too shall pass. We get so stuck in our present and think our present's going to be our forever, you know, that mm-hmm. it's temporary, you know, things in life change. 
And I'm glad that you mm-hmm. brought that up, you know, that you, you, you got to just take it one day at a time as a society, you know, it all comes back to love thy neighbor. And I think we've, we've strayed really far away from that and really far away from that, that, you know, golden rule, that commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. If we did that, we wouldn't have any of this and we wouldn't have, wouldn't be labeling people and, you know, trying to put people in, in boxes. How would an individual convince others around them to break free of this cage? And is that possible? I know it's a tough question. That is, yeah, that is, is definitely, it's definitely possible. Um, I think, again, I, I feel like I'm reiterating this again and again, but just really telling them that they don't have to be that forever. Um, I'll give another example. I had a client who struggled with perfectionism, and she was told that she was a perfectionist. And so she always felt like, well, then she's going to have to be perfectionist. And so instead of in giving her the opportunity to say, hey, what would it look like if you weren't being a perfectionist right now? Like, what else do you want to do with your time? Like, how much time did you just waste on that? You know, helping people to recognize, you know, what they're struggling with or recognize where they're at and giving them the chance to say, hey, you know, is this really what you want to be doing? Um, but then also, I also want to say that you need to, what we call in, in coaching, acknowledge and validate, but also recognize that once where somebody's at and acknowledge how tough that must be. Um, you know, you kind of mentioned it with the, the person who said, well, how are you going to talk about, you know, that situation when you're, a, you know, a white male type thing. Okay, so I can't, I can't relate to what somebody else is going through um, that's completely different than me. And I can't even relate to what somebody else is going through that is similar to me. Um, so I was in treatment many times and with a bunch of people that struggle with eating disorder, and I necessarily couldn't relate to the person next to me that was struggling with eating disorder because it looked different for us, but I could acknowledge that what they're going through is tough. And I think that's kind of one part that we're missing as a culture right now is we're trying to say, oh, well, you know, all the different things that we try to say. Let's just not get into them right now. But acknowledging that, hey, that other person over there that's different than me, they might have it hard right now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to acknowledge that and I'm going to encourage them, you know. So acknowledging it versus saying, oh, well, it's not really happening to you, move forward. Or you're, not, you're just imagining that, move forward. Acknowledging it and asking what they want to be different. Yes, very important, you know, and, and it, I see it play out in a variety of different ways, too. Like you mentioned, you know, no one knows what the person next to them is going through. We all go th- through mm-hmm. things, you know, very differently. And we have a tendency, mm-hmm. you know, societally, especially in, in the West, in the Western societies in America and and places like that, to say, oh, well, you know, what's wrong with so-and-so, like kind of like a blanket statement, you know, mm-hmm. versus really trying to get to know what is wrong with so-and-so. So it's like, you know, what what's wrong mm-hmm. with so-and-so? And I've seen it come up, you know, the other work that I do that I've shared before in, in you know, supervising a, a team of salespeople. And those and someone else from the outside will observe, and, of course, they're looking at performance, and they're saying, well, what the heck's wrong with so-and-so? Is, you know, his numbers, quote-unquote. Mm-hmm. Quote, are, you know, in, in the tank, basically. And, you know, you could look at that and say, well, you know, they've checked out, quote, unquote, but why? You know, my, my wife mm-hmm. will always say this is sociology. You know, there's got to be a cause and effect in coaching. You know, I'm thinking mm-hmm. what is going on with this person? 
You know, there's got to be more mm-hmm. there. And then you talk to so-and-so and you find out that there's a lot of things that you didn't realize were going on in their personal space um, yep. that, you know, as far as you try, you know, you can't really separate sometimes. And there was, there's a lot of stuff. There's, there are things that are very complex and especially for somebody who's going through life and not really knows knowing how to handle it. So, mm-hmm. you know, then you try and help that person, you know, get on track and, you know, say, Hey, cut so-and-so some slack, you know, and let's yeah. see where they are next month, you know? So it's yeah. all about, you know, not just making blanket statements, making blanket, you know, um, uh, taking things and jumping to conclusions, so to speak as well. And that's where, mm-hmm. you know, the role of coaching comes in, you know, we uh, come to the part of the show where I always like to circle back to the role of coaching, you know, since we are life coach radio network. And uh, that is an important part of, of what we do. Uh, and what is the role of coaching here in, in guiding, helping people overcome, you know, whether it's a past decision, uh, a diagnosis, a label of some sort of title. Uh, what's the role of coaching and, and guiding and helping people there? Yeah, so I think it, it plays out differently for each coach. Um, but for me, it's a, a five-step process, really, is is the coach is going to be there to first kind of, like I mentioned earlier, to kind of acknowledge and validate where you're at. Figure out how you got here, you know, what's going on, what stresses you out, what triggers you, all those different things. But also being there to say, hey, you know, this is a little bit different than therapy. We're not staying here. We're going to go look back for a little bit to get an idea, but we're not staying here. We're going forward. I'm going to take your hand, and we're going to walk forward together to break you out of this cage, right? So the coach is going to be there to, you know, help you recognize where you got here, but also encourage you, hey, it's time to move forward. We're not going to sit in this any longer. And so I'm, you know, reminding you to walk forward and figuring out, hey, what does that look like? You know, if you struggle with a label defining you and the diagnosis defining you for so long, that's going to seem really big at first. It's going to seem really hard to think differently because you thought one way for so long. Your the neuroplasticity of your brain is has been, you know, confined to that one pathway for so long. It's going to be a little bit harder for you to figure out what that difference could look like. So being there to encourage you, maybe help you spur different ideas that are, you know, new for you try different things, give you the support you need during that, and then also helping you to kind of figure out, okay, well, let's get some ideas out there. Let's try start playing them out and figure out what works out for you, figure out what doesn't work out for you, and to kind of continue moving forward in that and then giving the accountability to say, you know, when it gets hard, I'm here for you. Like, let's talk it out. Let's figure out what's going on. So really the, the support, the accountability, the encouragement to kind of move forward with that stuff. But then also it, the kind of tough love sometimes, you know, sometimes we need that tough love to kind of remind us, hey, nope, we're not staying here. Remember, this, this is what you told me of why this isn't working out for you. You know, I'm going to need you to move forward. So that tough love um, part of it as well. Um, so there's a few different roles. Um, and towards the end, you know, I think it starts out as those things towards the end. That, that that coaching role is going to kind of back off a little bit once you kind of, you know, I guess, you know, fly your wings or what's that called? Uh, spread your wings. There we go. Uh, once you spread your wings, that coach is going to kind of, I mean, I'm going to back up a little bit, but mostly be there just for accountability and continued support and encouragement. Because, you know, that those wings are going to be pretty fresh. So it might, it might be a little bit tough to keep them out, 
Um, so just kind of there to make sure that those wings stay out and you stay strong. Anytime you need a rest that you can kind of, you know, perch on my shoulder, if that makes sense. Oh, it does. Absolutely. And then that's important for someone to know that that is, is there's someone there for them to do that, you know, and, and I know people that have you know, said to me, well, what's the difference? Because they know, you know, that I do coaching and such. And they'll say, well, you know, what's the difference between coaching and therapy? And I'll tell them, you know, there are people that do need therapy. There's people that need coaching. There's people that need both. You know, there might be a mm-hmm. transitional situation. There have been people that, you know, I know people that have gotten referred to them. And they're like, hey, look, I, I have to send you to therapy first because there's something that, you know, you have to deal with there that's beyond the scope of what, you know, we could provide. Um, so sometimes that is appropriate. But at other points, mm-hmm. you know, I had two different people that I know pretty well that have approached me about coaching, but obviously wouldn't come to me because we know each other too well. I would refer them to someone. And the first one said to me, well, you know, uh, you know, they were thinking about going to therapy and they said, well, I, f- uh, I feel like I'm, I'm going to get stuck in my past and I'm looking to move forward. So well, that's one thing that mm-hmm. could happen. You know, therapy is, you know, as you said, you know, we're, you know, they kind of point you to your past. We look at the future and a lot of that, too, is living in the present moment, which, you know, people tend to not want to do. So, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's making you work. It's making you really think about, well, what do I really want? How are we going to get there? and working together to design strategies to, you know, enable someone to do that, uh, which is very mm-hmm. gratifying on the coaching side, really powerful when, the, when you have those interactions. And another friend that said, hey, listen, you know, I had a tough past. So the second example is mm-hmm. I had a tough past, had some situations go on. I know what they are. I've been through mm-hmm. it. I really want to think about tomorrow. So I don't want to go back there. So I think coaching yeah. is going to be good for me because it's going to point me to where am I going now? Because I understand what happened. I understand things happen in life and I understand that things happen within my family and, you know, the family unit broke down in his case and it's, you know, okay, well, I want to move forward. Now. I want to figure out, you know, what I want to do with my life, you know, versus everyone mm-hmm. telling me how I'm going to live my life, you know, and that's where coaching exactly. is very powerful for him. So thank you for sharing that. Um, we're at the point of our show. We're, uh, uh, we're at 7.53 on the East Coast here in New Jersey, which is finally not like an oven like it was yesterday. I felt like a pizza oven out there. Um, and the rains came last night and brought relief, uh, just as we hope we've provided you some relief on our show tonight and some examples of how you can move forward and not let that cage define you. We're at the point of the show called Common Ground. It's uh, the last segment of our show. So this uh, segment is, you know, how do we provide some steps for people that are very concrete, people that are on both sides of this divide? You know, some people feel that, you know, these labels, these boxes, these categories are, are made up. People should just get over it. You know, I'm being very honest about, you know, some of the feedback that I've mm-hmm. heard. Other people get too caught the other way, you know. So how can we find common ground between those who embrace what we would call, quote, unquote, victim thinking coaching and those who want to try to move forward and not be defined by something in their past? So I think that let's go with I think the tougher of the two, in my opinion, is the ones that that think that this really doesn't happen, (laughs) 
upset, think that this is just get over it. You're just imagining it, you know, there are no, there are no labels. Um, I just want to encourage you for, with one step to really put yourself in somebody else's shoes for a day. Maybe, no, but let's just be, you know, let's start it easier. Let's try two hours. Um, when you're out going about life, put yourself in somebody else's shoes for two hours and try to really see what it would be like to be that person. You know, if you, if you felt like you had that person's life, what would you feel like? What would some of your thoughts be? What would you do in that situation? Um, something to really think about. Um, and it can really kind of ground you in what they might be going through. Um, so if you think that, you know, these labels are something that's just made up or they just need to get over it, I really just want to encourage you to ground, like kind of put yourself in their, that person's shoes for a little while. Um, I think that might, that might really help. Um, for the person that, that is on that side of, hey, I am tired of being stuck by this label. I'm tired of being defined by this situation. I want to encourage you to first think about what you want. You know, what, okay, so you're done. Totally get it. That's so exciting. Like, what a great opportunity you're at. I know it feels really overwhelming. It feels super scary, super, duper, duper, duper scary. I get that. But it's time to, if, if you're ready, what do you think you want? And, you know, what is one step you can take? And I love baby steps. I think there are nothing wrong with baby steps. So if you're that person that is ready to, you know, move forward and wants to maybe see what life could be like without that definition, diagnosis, label, whatever we're going to use the term. What's one step you can take right now? Just a baby one. You know, it's, it's putting a toe in the water. Because once you start moving forward, you know, action is the best cure for fear. So once you start moving forward, it's, you're going to get the ball rolling. Action is the best cure for fear. I like that a lot. And it's true. You know, you're busy. Mm -hmm. You know, idle hands, idle minds, you know, the devil's playground sort of thing, as people used to say. Action mm -hmm. is the best cure for fear. And, and, and thank you for sharing that, you know, walking in someone else's shoes, you know, having empathy for someone, you know, I had mentioned it. I can't actually remember if it was on the show at some point because there's been so many shows, which I'm you know, blessed to have. And, and uh, that sometimes I get confused whether it was on the show or whether it was in a conversation I had, but you know, that I was at, um, I was in mass. It was a couple Sundays ago. And uh, there was a, a family and the, uh, kids were being really rowdy, you know, really uh, misbehaving. And the uh, mother was trying, you know, she brought them out, came back in, brought them into the other, into the vestibule, came back in the pew and everything. And they were behind me. And, um, and at the end she apologized and, and, you know, basically like I looked at her and said, that, you know, you don't have to apologize to me, lady, you have to live with this. You know, I lived with yeah. it for 45 minutes at mass on a Sunday. You know, I prayed mm -hmm. for you because you, mm -hmm. this is every hour of the day. For me, it, it, it may have inconvenienced me in, in my worship on that Sunday, you know, may have kind of turned me around and kind of distracted me a bit, you know, from my, my norm. But I look at it differently, whereas other people got really annoyed around me, you know, who's this person with, you mm -hmm. know, these unruly kids. I looked at it as yeah, this exactly. woman's wife. 
like you're saying, you know, walk a couple hours of this woman's life. You know, we had uh, Dennis Marshall on the show very early on, and uh, Dennis's uh, son got diagnosed with a, you know, a major disability. And, you know, at a young age, and he's thinking, my son will never have the life that I thought he would have. And, you know, everyone said, oh, that's got to be such a burden, you know. And he's like, well, it's had its challenges, but, you know, his son is older now. And he said, but, you know, I think we're all better off, we're all stronger for it, and that's what God wanted to prove to me. You know, he wanted me to, mm-hmm. to carry this cross, you know. Yeah. And to realize that it's, you know, that diagnosis is not the end. You know, he was like, God, his life's over, you know. He's not, and he has a job, and he has all these, you know, that everyone said he wasn't going to have. Like you said, you know, it'll mm-hmm. make me always the forever. And they had a lot of yep. faith and a lot of trust, and they went forward. So we're at the yeah. top of the hour, well, the other, Thank you oh, so much. Go ahead. Go ahead. Absolutely. I was go ahead. The other really quick thing that I can that I would want to make a point on too is you sure. were saying you know you were being um, you you recognize that what she was going through was every day you know and you're able to see that. I think the other thing we can learn from somebody that we might not understand the the situation they're in or, or we're walking in their shoes is what can I learn from them. You know, so maybe there's a lesson in that. Maybe there's a lesson that you can learn from that other person or what they're going through. What can that teach to you? So, you know, for that for that situation, if maybe somebody was sitting there in, in service and was getting really frustrated with her, what can you learn from that situation? Can you learn that maybe you need to have more patience in your life? Can you learn that maybe God's trying to tell you to, to slow down and to find more peace with him somewhere else? You know, but thinking of it, you know, in a coaching terminology that me and you understand, that level five perspective of what's the opportunity in this um, is another way of thinking about it as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, we have an email question for you. Um, What was the turning point for you in your struggle with eating disorder? Like, what was the turning point? I guess they're asking, like, when did it kind of click for you that you were going to move forward? Was it you know, a one day that stands out to you? Or was it a gradual thing? Oh, it was, it was one day. Um, I had been married about six years at that time, maybe seven. Um, and uh, was having a day off with my husband, um, which very rarely happened um, because of our jobs before. Um, and I was having a day off and I couldn't actually spend time with him because I was so stuck in my disorder. Um, I was so stuck in my illness. And it was just one of those, I think God ordained um, aha type moments um, where I recognized that that's not how I wanted to live the rest of my life. And there had to be something different. Um, It just, it couldn't keep going that way. Um, And so that's when I started very, like I said earlier, I started taking baby steps and changing things. Um, I had been to treatment before I'd been to treatment two years before that. And I was still in the, I was already back in the cycle of the disorder. Um, so it was just that that one day I can remember exactly how it felt in my body. Um, really, just kind of stunt like turns out for me that that was the day. Um, I will say that I was not overnight doing loads better. Um, it took a lot of time and a lot of tears and a lot of work to finally get to the place I'm at now. Um, but it was that one day that I finally just I guess you could call it hitting rock bottom that I was just decided I was done with it. I commend you for that. And I commend you for sharing it. I really do. 
and and for helping yeah. people to and to reach people. Now that takes a it takes a lot of courage to own that. You know. Thank um, you. There are people that go through life and you're welcome. They they don't have to experience certain things. And they don't really get it and, and I do. So um, you know, from you know, one coach and one friend to another, I, I commend you for sharing that, and especially with the with the listeners out there. Um is there a, a recommendation? Um, I don't know if you can answer this question or not. There's another one. Uh, where can people go for treatment for that specifically? Like if they're out there, they have, a, they have an eating disorder and they're dealing with that, where, where is there a specific place they can go? Is there a resource that helped you, Is you know, et cetera, and so forth? I don't know if you can answer that or not. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, so the biggest resource that I encourage is Recovery Warriors. Um, I'm actually a writer for them as well. Um, but it's an online resource. They do have a ton of stuff on there about different treatment centers. Um, there's all different treatment modalities, all different treatment centers that have different types of treatment and that are, are made for different things. So some recovery centers are made for people that have or are based for people, I guess is a better terminology, that have, you know, some sort of sexual trauma. Um, some are more for people that have co-occurring diseases. So maybe if you have PTSD and an eating disorder. Um, so there's all different kinds of treatment centers. So finding the treatment center that aligns with really what you've been through is probably the number one piece of advice I can give if you're looking for a treatment center. But um, Recovery Warriors, um, just Recovery, R-E-C, oh gosh, R-E-C-O-V-E-R-Y, and then Warriors, W-A-R-R-I-O-R-S, dot com. Um, Amazing, amazing platform um, that has all sorts of helpful information on there. That's RecoveryWarriors.com. Excellent. And another question for you, and this is going to tie into where we're going to kind of go, you know, next with you before we uh, send you off into the sunset here on uh, <laughs> Undivided until we meet again. Uh, what is a vision board workshop? So I guess uh, somebody was interested in, in that. That's a question that we have here. What is a vision board workshop? So what a vision board workshop is, um, well, vision board, we'll start there. Vision board is either a board, a piece of paper, a whatever you want it to be, where you sit and you either, whatever works for you, either color out or, you know, take pictures out of magazines. My workshop was I had a bunch of magazines, crazy amount of magazines, um, and I let the, the women there go through the magazines and say they really sat with themselves. We had a little time before they sat with themselves and said, what do I want for my life? So, you know, you could take that as, you know, what do you want this next year to look like? What's your vision for the next year of your life? Or what's this vision for the next 10 years of your life? Really asking yourself what you want that vision board to be about and then making it a visual thing. Um, I had one woman there that did a, a short vision board. So she did half of her board as, you know, this next year, and then she did the rest of it as the rest of her life. And so she put on there hey, I want to be a mom. So she just put a picture of a mom. Or I want to have XYZ kind of car. So she put that kind of car on there. And I want to have this kind of job. So she put that kind of job on there. So the vision board is just a visual way for you to put in front of you what you want. So that way you have that reminder on a daily basis of what you want for your life. It's very cool. And speaking of that and tying into, you know, having a vision board workshop, excuse me. And um, so tell us a little bit about your practice, uh, 
uh, how we can reach you. What do you have going on? We always get at that, this point of the show, want to mention that, you know, our guest has come on. They've spent time with us, very gracious with their time. Uh, where do we find you? If you want to, the listeners out there want to look you up. Do you have some special events, workshops, things of that nature coming up? Um, so uh, how can we reach you? And uh, uh, tell us just a little bit about, about your practice. Yeah, definitely. So um, reaching me is everything is ahmcoaching.com. Um, so I have a website. Um, I have my Facebook page, which again is going to be facebook.com forward slash ahmcoaching. Um, I also have a group for women. It's called Freedom, Ladies Living with Freedom and Purpose. Um, it's a group of wonderful women who come together to encourage each other, to support each other, to um, talk about random stuff, too. Um, we had a, a conversation this week about how many cups of coffee you like and what you like in your coffee. Um, so it's just a great community of women just kind of there to give you support and to give you a network and community to be in. Um, so that's a, that's a great little thing for people to look into as well. Um, you can always just look me up on um, Facebook by my name as well, which he has in the description. Um, so you can look it up on there. Um, but I do most of my coaching over the phone and online. I have one in-person client here in Auburn, Alabama, War Eagle, by the way. Um, so I have one in-person client down here. Um, but I do do online and by the phone. Um, so that, that part, I am doing a promotion right now on my um, Think Your Way Happy assessment. Um, so what that is, is it's just a, a 20 minute little survey that you take or assessment that you take and then a 45 minute debrief that we will have over the phone and kind of by the end of it, you kind of have a little bit of an idea of where you're struggling at, how you can kind of shift your mindset and then three ways to kind of increase the happiness in your life. So that is going on through the end of the month. So through July 30th, um, so I have to send the assessment out and you have to take it before. So that's why it's not the 31st. So, but until um, July 30th that is on sale for $75. So that's kind of a cool one. And it's so informational. I know when I took something similar to the assessment that I create or that I'm using, um, I saw transformational change in my life in the way I just thought about things and, and kind of like how I could shift my mindset. And so I, I really love going over that assessment with people and seeing kind of what they learn from it and how it impacts their life. Um, so that's going on to the end of the month. And then next month, I am doing an online workshop all about values, because um, that's another thing we didn't really talk about in today's um, conversation, but values are another really huge thing that, to look at when you're looking to improve your life or break out of a cage when you really reflect on what, what matters to you and do your choices align with that. And if they do, then you know you're, you're aligned with your values, but if they don't, what do you need to do in your life to kind of create the values that align with your life and your the choices that align with your values? So I have that going on next month. You can find all the information for both of those things on my website, which is www.ahmcoaching.com. Thank you so much for that. Thank You're you. welcome. And thank you for your time tonight and for sharing on this topic, which is, you know, a very big one for people and a very sensitive one at points, uh, things that resonate with so many people on a variety of levels and a show that a lot of people were looking forward to. Uh, so I'm glad that we could give that to them and give the listeners something to, to take with them on their own journey. And if you are in need of a coach 
and you're looking for someone to kind of guide you and navigate you uh, to find your God-given purpose and potential, I really, I suggest you give Alexandra a call, send her an email. Um, I think your life will be really blessed if, if you guys make that connection and are able to work with her. And uh, I think you will, you will find your way through it. So I really appreciate you coming on and for being a part of, of undivided and to bring people uh, together. So uh, uh, thank you for coming on. I'm going to do a couple of promotions and then uh, sign off for the night. If you'd like to stay on, that's fine. Um, but I appreciate you coming on. Yeah. Thank you for having me. And All I right. just want to remind everybody that, that regardless of what you've been told, um, whatever anybody's told about you, society, your parents, the school, friends, Whatever it is, you can be more, and you are made for more. So do not let that define you any longer. But thank you for having me tonight. Sure. Thank you for, thank you for that. Thank you for leaving us with that. That's um, very important stuff. Uh, yes, so upcoming show promotions here on the networks of Life Coach Radio. As you know, we have five networks, five channels on the network, I should say. Holy Shift. That's Holy Shift, S-H-I-F-T, like shifting a car, gear in a car. Barb, Barb Heenan, excuse me, and Leslie Pichotti, their show falls on the first and third Wednesday of each month, as does mine, but theirs is in the morning, 8 a.m. Central, it's 8 a.m. Central, I said Eastern once, I got in trouble, 8 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Eastern, on the Life Coach Radio Network, holy shift, like you're shifting a gear in a car, I don't want people to think I'm cussing on the air, holy shift, Barb Heenan, Leslie Pichotti, first and third Wednesday of each month, 8 a.m. Central, because they're in Chicago. 9 a.m. here on the East Coast on the Life Coach Radio Network. Kimberly Frazier Show. Kimberly Frazier, enjoying life on purpose. As I mentioned in my last episode, she had a really awesome and powerful show in her last episode. That uh, young man that was her guest had been through so much. Uh, Kimberly Frazier, enjoying life on purpose. Brand new episode, Thursday, July 26th at 7 p.m. Eastern Life Coach Chat Channel. Kimberly Frazier, Enjoying Life on Purpose, Thursday, July 26th, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Life Coach Chat Channel. That's a week from tomorrow. www.samaritanspurse.org. Catholic Charities, 800-919-9338. Food for the Poor, www.foodforthepoor.org. 800 427 9104 to reach them. They do a lot of work in the Caribbean, Latin and South America. They're out of South Florida. Awesome charity. Feel free to give from the heart to them. And MAP International, the final one we do before we close the show. That's MAP International, MAP 800-225-8550. That's www.mapmap.org to donate. My next show, Wednesday, August the 1st, 7 p.m. live here on the East. Miles Smith, my guest, the retirement divide. All about the stigma around retirement, societal views on retirement. Is it the end? Is it a new beginning? My next show, episode 27 of Undivided, Wednesday, August 1st. That's two weeks from tonight, live at 7 p.m. Miles Smith. It's going to be a really interesting show. So before I close down for the night, I again thank Alexandra for coming on. She's a wonderful guest. She shared some very powerful 
and very personal things about her own struggle of being in the cage of titles, being trapped in a cage. You can reach her at www.ahmcoaching.com. So I hope that we provided you with the listeners out there with some very constructive ways that you can move forward, whether you've been called something your whole life, whether you've been put in the box, as we've been talking about on tonight's show, where you feel like you're categorized. We hope that what we shared tonight will allow you to move forward, move forward to embrace your purpose. Like, like Alexandra said, just, you know, action is the best cure for fear. Put your toe out there, take a baby step, and you'll see that your life will change, that it's not all what everyone tells you it's going to be, that it can be different, that it can be purposeful, and it can be fulfilling. And if we do that and we help each other do that, we'll truly be living undivided. And as I said earlier, you know, I dedicated this episode to Nelson Mandela. Today would have been his 100th birthday, and I read... When I read The Long Walk to Freedom when I was in college, it changed my life and the perspective on my life. I'm going to close tonight with a quote from Mr. Mandela. There is no passion to be found playing small and settling for a life that is less than the one you are capable of living. Think about that and truly live undivided. This has been episode 26, The Cage of Titles. My thanks again to Alexandra Maffitt for her time and being so gracious with her time and generosity and coming on the show and sharing with us. I thank you to the listeners all over the world in Canada, my listeners in Canada, my listeners in the United Kingdom, my listeners throughout Western and Central Europe. I thank you so much for all across America. I thank you so much. I am so blessed to have the listeners, for Russ Terry, for Trina Ramsey, for Danica Trouble, for all those on the Life Coach Radio Network, I'm Frank J. Maduri. And until I see you guys again on August the 1st with Miles Smith, as always, be blessed and be well. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 